435 on this great day for talk radio. It's the Friday edition, and uh, so much has happened during the week. We try to uh, sort of recap or uh, put it all into one hopper here and uh, have it deconstructed or unpacked by our friend Conrad Black, noted author, commentator, and historian, as well as publisher. Conrad, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, John. Conrad, I've got to ask you, as a publisher, uh, this Patrick Brown book that's just come out today officially, uh, based on what we've read and heard about it and uh, how he's, you know, vociferously attacked primarily five individuals, you know, former colleagues, I guess, uh, within the provincial conservative party. Uh, Would you have published this book? I mean, he's the mayor of Brampton now, and uh, it seems like it was an eternity or a half ago. And, uh, or would you advise against it? Uh, Look, I've got to be careful here because uh, I haven't read a word of it, so I don't know. Uh, from, from to judge the content, I felt at the time and and wrote at the time that I thought Patrick had been pretty shabbily treated, just just thrown out in a butch without uh, you know without any due process at all. Now I understand they were in the run up to an election and it was a particularly fevered time uh, about allegations and uh, you know involving men imposing themselves sexually on women and so on. But I, I thought he got kind of a raw deal. Uh, if the contents of the book are not defamatory and are a reasonable argument, then I, I think it, I think it is, it's the right thing to publish. I mean, he was the leader of the opposition, and, uh, and he was pushed out abruptly, and he's entitled to his say. But uh, that, having said that, I, I, I don't know what's actually there. If he's making... Uh, wild and spurious claims against people, uh, then, then, uh, then I wouldn't. But I, uh, you know, when when a writer submits a manuscript, you get an adequate chance to review it before you decide whether it's in a fit state to be published. But I, I haven't been through that with this book. Well, just in uh, a general sense, I guess two of the uh, salient points that are raised, he accuses uh, the current finance minister Vic Fideli of having dodged a bullet because he had his own sexual misconduct allegations made by a woman who's not named uh, and didn't want to pursue the case any further. So Patrick kind of left it when he was the leader of the party. And then he also mentioned that Lisa McLeod, a minister in the Ford administration now, uh, had uh, alleged or at least she'd made claims to mental illness. And he said they were trumped up to garner sympathy and so on and so forth. It seems rather unseemly. I guess that's why I'm asking you if this is... That sounds just like gossip or even malicious gossip. But uh, look, I think shooting from him... Uh, just to be, in order not to be just a non-respondent to your question, I, I would publish the memoirs of the, of the deposed leader of the opposition, but I, I might insist that if there are passages that are just cheap shots of people with no corroboration at all, they be taken out. Interesting. All right. Because uh, some have seen it as being petty, bitter, and maybe settling political scores. Uh, not- there could be some of that, but again, I'd, I'd give Patrick a little leeway because he got a pretty shabby... Uh, disembarkation himself, I thought. Again, with Conrad Black, author, commentator, historian. Let me ask you as well, from uh, the point of view of somebody who's been in journalism the bulk of your adult life, what did you make Donald Trump's White House has lost this lawsuit? It was a judge no less appointed by Donald Trump, a federal judge who determined that CNN was in the right. Acosta gets his press credentials back, can go into the White House. So the White House is kind of scrambling now to try to put in a code of conduct uh, that I guess will uh, obviate any further spats between the press corps and the president. Uh, did you think Acosta got a raw deal in the interest of uh, press freedom? Was it the right decision to re- reinstate him? 
I think the legalities will continue. The judge, as I understand it, said it was just a preliminary judgment on the issue of due process, and he wasn't going to the basis of the case at all. He wasn't commenting on the heart of the case, which was uh, a charge by Acosta and CNN under the First Amendment rights to uh, freedom of expression. And and uh, I would have thought that ultimately the White House has a good case. I mean, there's no statutory basis to a press conference. They were almost never held until Franklin D. Roosevelt. And uh, the president is the chief occupant of the White House, and he can he can set the rules of, of uh, these press conferences. Um, and I thought the president's comments today were quite fair, saying, look, I strongly believe in a free press, but this guy can't just monopolize the microphone, make up his own rules, and put four questions in a row and not let anyone else speak. And I think that's a much stronger ground than the allegation that he laid hands on the uh, female intern who came to collect the microphone. Um, yeah, look, the whole thing is unfortunate. I find Acosta's conduct... Uh, when the president's around, extremely obnoxious. Um, but yeah, it, lo- it looked like the White House acted a bit hot-headedly. I think if they stipulate rules that he adheres to, them, that'll be the end of it. It'll blow over. Uh, they, it could have been handled better, but in the meantime, you know, I go back to watching presidential press conferences, starting with Eisenhower. You can't treat the president like that. He is the president, and he deserves respect. The argument is that he uh, gives as good as he gets in uh, in kind. So uh, yeah, he... but he's the president. It's not they're equal under the law, but they're not equal in stature at a presidential press conference. It's not it's not a shouting match. <laughs> Let me ask you about another matter of law: the rule of law. What's going on in Florida? It's starting to look like a dark day for American democracy when the midterm elections are still being contested because they can't count ballots right. I mean, you have some time spent in that state. Uh, what's the deal? Uh, and in Palm Beach County, I was a pillar of society there for decades. <laughs> um, look, it, it looks pretty suspect in those two counties. Uh, I'm even. Um, a little concerned about what's going on in California. We're now, uh, what, we're 10 days after the election, and the votes are still coming in in a number of these districts. Now, it doesn't look like there's a messed up ballot procedure like there is in Florida, but that's, you're supposed to get the election count with reasonable promptness. And, and California and Florida are not primitive places. You know, it's not like to, you're running an election in Afghanistan or something. Hmm. Uh, Palm Beach is the, probably the high the town. The town of Palm Beach is probably the highest average um, net worth per homeowner of any community in the world. They can get in the ballots all right, but um, I know the whole county is not quite the same. But hmm. uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look good. But I don't want to be. Uh, a uh, hip shooter in accusing people of corruption and voter fraud. It, it, but it, it certainly arouses suspicions. But it seems to me that everybody's on it, and it's all being monitored. So there's a good chance of avoiding the theft of an election if that is what's being attempted. Oh, well, all right. Uh, I don't know how much credibility there is in the outcome uh, as it's going to be played out. Who knows in how many more days? But one other vote that's really well, become. As I understand it, though, they they. The last group of ballots to come in only moved the Republican majority, uh, uh, Governor Scott running for senator, 
by about 200 votes. So, right. I, I mean, I, I, it, it, look, what do I know sitting here, for heaven's sakes? But uh, as far as I can see, it looks unlikely that it's really going to throw up in the air whether it was a fair election. I mean, let us face it, John, nobody in the world knows who really won the 2000 presidential election. George W. Bush carried the state of Florida, uh, 10 million votes almost, by 532 votes. Yep. And nobody knows if that's a just decision or not. Well, and that one went to court as well after six weeks. It was All, all the way to the Supreme Court, and, right. and Bush won by one electoral college vote um, amazing and uh maybe change the course of history gotta ask you finally uh history is being changed in the uk and uh the eu this brexit thing is going ahead i guess there's a draft plan anyway march 29th the uk is out of it uh out of the european union for better or worse and do you think that the deal that they've cobbled together to this point uh favors one side or the other uh, I, again, I haven't had a chance to analyze the detail because, as I understand it, they're just releasing the details of it today. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I felt that when my friend Jacob Rees Mogg, the head of the European Study Group of MPs, which sounds like a, you know a few bookish members of Parliament looking at uh, statistics from Portugal or Poland or something, uh, but is in fact a powerful lobby within the Conservative Party that he, he has signed an application for leadership review. I have, on balance, I don't think that the prime minister is going to survive this. I, I think what will happen now, I, it, it's, it's close from what you can tell. She may have enough support to get it through, and the conservatives, I think, will be careful not to crack up as a party because they are a minority, and they, the one thing they can agree upon, whatever their future with Europe may be, is they don't want Jeremy Corbyn as prime minister of the U.K., mm-hmm. because if he comes in, the country's finished, and the future of its relations with Europe are academic, and you won't have to turn the lights out. They'll go out in their own. <laughs> and and uh, it, 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 so I, But I suspect the probability at this point is that she does she does not have the votes within her party to take that to Brussels, and uh, that either Jacob Rees Mogg or Boris Johnson become prime minister, and they they then go back to Europe and say uh, uh, Britain will will not subscribe to that agreement. It requires these further changes, and then and then it, then I think Brussels will accept that. But the the problem has been, it's terribly complicated. So in one sentence, the problem has been with David Cameron, he said to everybody, don't worry, the country won't won't vote to leave. So Brussels made no concessions, really. With with, Theresa May, it was obvious they voted to leave, but... I don't think Brussels believed that she was actually going to leave. They thought they, should, they could give her a little bit and she would rework that and get the country to reconsider. Now, one now that Brussels will have in that scenario that I just mentioned purged two British prime ministers, and, and Rees Mogg has been absolutely, and Johnson, and they've been absolutely consistent throughout. Uh, Europe will understand that it has to make more concessions or it loses Britain. And despite their bravura, that would be a grievous wound. Yeah, they're going to play wound to Europe. It's like, it'd be like Quebec seceding from Canada, only worse in some ways, and or the southern states seceding from the United States. Yeah. I mean, it's the fifth economy in the world. And you just can't have the United Kingdom walking out the door and pretending it's Luxembourg. Yeah. It isn't. Well, they're going to play hardball, as I understand it, uh, the, the Brits anyway, on this front. Conrad, always great for the Enlightenment. Appreciate your time. You have a nice weekend, and uh, I'll be away next week, but we'll talk when I get back. Splendid. Thank you, John. 
Thank you, Conrad Black, noted historian, commentator, and author.